What's up, everyone? Welcome back to All Good Points. It's your favorite sports podcast that's hosted by me, Ricky Gray Jr., and a special guest, Stella. I'm sorry, guys, Stella didn't say anything. It doesn't look like she wants to host today, but she is a dog, and I can understand why she doesn't want to talk. This week, we're doing a year in review, starting with the AFC North. So sit back, relax, grab a cold one, pop it open. If you're driving, put that cold one down. Remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Now let's start the show. hoping that made you feel just as good as it makes me feel every time I listen to it you know it's it's a a really kind of like it's not an uplifting kind of beat but it's kind of smooth and it makes me feel kind of fuzzy inside so I like listening to it and I hope you did too now we we need to we need to start breaking down some of these teams how they did over the year because some some teams were you know for lack of a better term disappointing uh, and we're going to get into that today, but we're going to start with division by division. So over the next eight weeks, we're going to break down every division in the NFL and break down every team, what they did good, what they did bad, what they can work on in the offseason, things that they can improve upon, so on and so forth. This week, we're starting with the AFC North. Um, so starting with the AFC North, I'm going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh finished the season 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, with Duck Hodges at quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger went down, uh, Mason Rudolph went down. Although, like, Mason Rudolph was probably not, like, a good idea at quarterback, right? I guess it depends on how you feel, okay? Because there's, there's some Mason Rudolph sympathizers out there. I don't really get it. I don't really get it. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. But I do like Duck Hodges a lot. So, now, I guess the the first question that we'll we'll talk about is whether or not Ben Roethlisberger is the answer at quarterback for the Steelers, right? His body's kind of broken. He's getting very, very up in age. And I was having a conversation with a couple of the guys um, earlier about this this whole deal with these quarterbacks that are getting up in age. Him, Aaron, Tom, Phillip, that kind of group of, of core guys that have been around the league for a long time. It's It seems like it's kind of time for them to walk away. Ben, I would say it's kind of past time for him to walk away because I don't think he's going to get healthy it's not like it's not like his you know his body has like completely fallen apart but at the same time it's like you're not you don't really know if you're going to have this guy for an entire season and I think the Steelers have to think about that um so they were kind of plagued with injuries throughout the entire year so being able to finish eight and eight kind of just even at 500 it's not necessarily a failed season like I wouldn't call that a failed season it's not great by any means of the word, but with all of the injuries that you've had, there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, 27th in scoring, 31st in passing, 29th in rushing. These are all things that they can kind of address through the offseason, depending on whether or not they do the free agency route or they do the draft route or they make some changes in office and, you know, with scheme and stuff like that. The Steelers just aren't really a team that you can be, I guess, sure of. Considering the fact that they're still going to be dealing with this Ben Roethlisberger situation, I guess, into the season, because that's what it seems like right now. It seems like 
what's going to happen is they're they're going to kind of evaluate how the situation goes before the season even starts and then kind of make a decision at that point. That's a strange move because like you've already seen uh, the Chargers move away from Phillip Rivers already. You saw the Giants say that they're moving away from Eli Manning, which is what caused Eli Manning to retire. So you kind of see a lot of teams making decisions very early on. And it, it seems smarter to do it that way because imagine if the Steelers do wait all the way until, you know, the beginning of the season or towards the beginning of the season. And then they say, okay, well, you know, Devlin Hodges, we're going to start you. And it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess I know this system, but I could have spent the whole offseason practicing with these guys and getting a better rapport with these guys. And instead, I'm going to have to try to do all of this work during training camp. So it seems like it's a better idea if you're a coach or if you're running a front office to make the decision early on because if it's a if it's a big decision like who's going to be your starting quarterback, you need to be able to kind of, I guess, make sense of what the situation is going to be going forward. If you're going to have, you know, say say you're going to draft, say say you want to draft a quarterback to come in and you don't trust Devlin Hodges or Mason Rudolph, and I mean, truly, they shouldn't trust Mason Rudolph anyways, but that's a completely different thing, but say you don't trust Devlin Hodges to be your quarterback of the future and you want somebody else and you want to draft for somebody else. That's fine, but you need to be able to make that decision early on to see whether or not that person needs to develop with their wide receivers before you get going. Because here's the thing, Mike Tomlin has been coaching the Steelers for a long time. And if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm trying to figure out already whether or not Roethlisberger is going to be my quarterback. If he isn't, then I want him gone. Like I don't really want him there unless he's going to stay around to, you know, kind of train the guys that are going to be starting in front of him. But a guy like Ben Roethlisberger probably isn't going to want to do that. So you kind of want them out of there so you can work on the people that you have already and work on building those relationships. Not to mention, you're going to have to do a lot of work to build up the people that are around whoever your starting quarterback is. You don't know if they're going to go with the James Conner route. You don't know how they're going to do as far as wide receivers go. They've got Vance McDonald at tight end, but like it's the Steelers have been like, like kind of wishy-washy as far as t- uh, as far as wide receivers go. So it's kind of a tough situation for them to be in. What do you do in this situation with Ben Roethlisberger and with, you know, the rest of your backup quarterbacks? Do you stick with the guy that's been with the Steelers for years or do you move on? At this point, if I'm the Steelers, you move on way before the season starts. So whoever is playing starting quarterback can actually take a little bit of time to develop with their people around them and maybe try to just build a little bit of something going into the season. I know they're working on signing Bud Dupree, and I get it. I I understand that part of it. I understand working on the defense because I'm a huge defensive guy. But at the same time, you have to be able to do something with that offense. That offense was terrible. I mean, 27th in scoring, 31st in passing, and 29th in rushing. You're like one of the worst teams on offense in the league. So as far as the Steelers go, they I guess they kind of lived up to the expectations I had for them going in because I thought the Steelers were going to be a mediocre team anyways. But at the same time, I think they, they have a, a big ceiling or a, a high ceiling, I should say. And there's a lot of room to improve there. Uh, moving on, second team, the Cincinnati Bengals. They finished 2-14. and 14. Surprise, 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 surprise. The Bengals are bad. I don't. I really don't know how long I need to spend talking about how bad the Bengals are. They're bad, okay? Uh, two and 14, last in the division, obviously. Um, here's here's a thing that I kind of take issue with, okay? Uh, first of all, I'll go, I'll go over some stats. 30, 30th in scoring, um, so they, they didn't do great. Their rushing was, I guess, okay. 
Uh, Joe Mixon is a great running back. I like Joe Mixon a lot. I don't think that there's a whole lot of talent on the receiving core. I understand that A.J. Green is there, but at the same time, like, A.J. Green has been hurt, like, frequently. So there's a lot that they need to do if they if they want to pull off what they want to pull off, which will bring me to the thing that bothers me the most. Cincinnati is targeting Joe Burrow out of the draft. They're They're targeting to draft Joe Burrow. So they already have Andy Dalton, who's not a terrible quarterback. He's not, you know, Aaron Rodgers by any means, but... At the same time, he's not a bad quarterback, right? So instead of, you know, kind of making, kind of doing like a sensible thing and building around Andy Dalton and making sure that his offensive line can hold for more than two seconds, they don't do that. They go, okay, well, let's draft the top rated quarterback out of college and take Joe Burrow. That's kind of fucked. Like if you're, if, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm sitting at home going, please, God, don't let the Bengals draft me. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Joe tries to pull, like, an Eli Manning getting drafted by the Chargers situation. Because why the fuck would you want to go play for the Bengals? I don't, I'm not saying, like, you know, the, the Cincinnati is a bad place to be or anything like that. If you're listening in Cincinnati, I'm sorry. But the Bengals are bad. There's not a huge draw for a, a top-rated quarterback like Joe Burrow to want to go there. And then to say, oh, well, we'll build the team around you. You don't have any money. How are you going to build the team around me if you don't have any money? That doesn't make any sense. They, they should have been able to do this with Andy Dalton. It's not like Andy Dalton was the problem. It's their front office, it's their coaching, and it's the way that they've built that team. They focus on all of these skill position players, and they won't build anything on the front line or the D-line, on the O-line or the D-line, right? So they're weak on both sides of the ball. They're weak on defense. Their scheme is trash. They're living in like the 1970s with the way that they move the football down the field. There, there's so many... There's so many more things that they need than just a quarterback, right? Because it doesn't matter if you go and grab Joe Montana in his prime and put him on the Bengals. He's getting slapped constantly throughout the entire game. So there's not really any kind of reason for for drafting Joe Burrow. Now, this is another thing that I've brought up like quite frequently. I'm I'm kind of tired of the way that the draft is formatted, and I'll tell you why. The draft is formatted so that the best players go to the worst teams. Okay, right there in that sentence, I see a problem with that. Now, I'm not saying that the best players need to play for the best teams. What I'm saying is that you take somebody that's a a great football player like Joe Burrow, for example, and you put him on somebody like the Bengals, and you say, you know what, kid? For three years in a row, you're going to get slapped around. For three years, you're going to get slapped and you can't even leave until after those three years are up. Like, that's, that's kind of like the crazy thing about this whole deal is that you get signed, you have no control over where you go, and it's not to say that that's, I guess, wrong, but considering that the NFL does, like, a lottery, right, where it's like, you know, the worst teams have a higher chance of getting the first pick in the draft. Okay, or, um, okay so a, a good example of that would be, like, uh, the Pelicans being able to pick up Zion Williamson okay now before they kind of thought that the Knicks were going to because the Knicks had the highest probability of getting the first pick of the draft so he would have went to the Knicks and it would have sucked you know because the Knicks suck right but instead he goes to the Pelicans and the Pelicans are a 
fairly good basketball team. And they're they're streaking right now. They're playing really well right now because Zion's back in the lineup. He was hurt in the beginning, so but now he's back in the lineup. So now it's like a much better, well-rounded team. This team looks a lot better. This team can compete with other people. That's not to say that the Knicks don't deserve picks, but the Knicks need to do better in the sense of actually building their own team. It's the same way with the Bengals. It's like, okay, so you were, you were trash. So since you were trash, we're going to give you the first pick in the draft. No, 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 no. Don't make a player that's great have to suffer by sending him to the worst possible team in the NFL. I feel like that's wholly unfair. Okay, rant over. We're going to take a quick break and finish with the other two. Well, hello there, listener. Have you found yourself looking for something extremely terrifying? Longing to hear stories about truly unsettling tales and folklore? Allow me to introduce you to The Nightmare Archives, a show dedicated to bringing chills down your spine and making the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And I'm your host, Ricky Gray Jr. From folklore like the Wendigo to stories from the dark side of Reddit, we've got it all. If you'd like to submit your own scary story, send it to thenightmarearchives at gmail.com for a chance at your story being featured on the show. Now, if you're ready to begin, pick your story and allow myself and some other very special guests to guide you through the Nightmare Archives. Okay, so I know that that might have scared you guys just a little bit, but if it did and you were into it, maybe you would like to check out my new show, The Nightmare Archives. But we're going to be moving on. Let's talk about Cleveland, okay? The Cleveland Browns finished 6-10. This is a team that is chock full of talent. You've got guys like Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. There's guys that are great on the defensive side of the ball. So there's all this talent, right? And I, I was kind of sold on them at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front on you guys. I was sold on them at the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, they kind of just disappointed me. And I don't, I can't necessarily pinpoint what it is. Part of it, I do believe, is coaching. I don't think that the coaching that they had through the year was really enough for them to kind of, I guess, gel and work together. Um, I think that they've kind of made steps in the right direction as far as, you know, new coaching, a new front office, a new GM. So there's a lot of pieces that are getting moved there to kind of help the Browns along. But there are there there's a lot of room to grow for them especially when it comes to Baker Mayfield um he had recently said that a lot of times throughout the year he was putting his foot in his mouth which is which is very true uh, but that happens frequently with young quarterbacks anyways a lot of times when they're young and they're outspoken like Baker has always been right because Baker's always been the same kind of guy when they're like that it's very very hard for them to change who they are so I never really expected him to change it. I, I just think that it kind of like backfired on the way that he thought it was going to go. Like he thought that this was going to be a really good team and it has the potential to be a really good team. You know, there there is potential there. You've got guys like Nick Chubb, great running back. You've got guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. I think the other thing that's up in the air right now is whether or not Odell Beckham stays around. But they averaged 118 yards rushing per game, so they're a good running team. I think that there's just some... I really don't know how to how to put it, but it's there's there's some sort of disconnect going on. Um, head coach Kevin Stefanski, if you guys remember him, he was a head coach for the Minnesota Vi- or the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. So 
Thanks, Kevin, for leaving and going to coach the Browns. But I'm not mad. I'm not mad. He has hired uh, the 49ers secondary coach, Joe Woods, which is huge, right? Because the 49ers had a good secondary. So it's going to be great for them because they're kind of in a in a great position to develop their secondary and kind of make that little back half of the field a lot tighter and a lot closer and a little bit better of a group. Um, so with that being said, I do think that they have a pretty high ceiling and they have a lot of room to grow. I just think that maybe this first year wasn't necessarily uh, like a good showcase of what the Browns can be. There was, there was a couple of highlights that they had where you can kind of see like glimpses of, you know, Brown's future. But for the most part throughout the season, it looked like the Browns of Brown's past. And this is a team that, I mean, truly, the city is excited for. The, the city is really excited for the Browns to kind of come into their own. And, and guess what? They weren't the worst team in the league. They got six wins, you know? And it's, I'm not saying that six wins is great, but I'm saying that six wins is better than what they were getting for a very long time. So there is promise when it comes to the Browns. So if you are a Browns fan or if you, you know, if you're like me, I, I kind of like teeter this thing where you know of course I'm a diehard Minnesota fan but there are teams throughout the league that I like and that I follow and the Browns is one of them um but if you are like me then you you can't really take too much into account what happened through this entire year because at the end of the day the Browns have developed and the Browns are moving forward they're making changes they're changing people in their front office they decided to change their GM they changed their head coach their head coach is bringing in defensive people that are you know coming from great teams so there is progress there and as long as there's progress then you've got something going so Browns 6 and 10 yeah it's not great but at the same time you're building and it's going to take a long time to kind of rehab that whole team anyways uh last but not least we need to talk about Baltimore right the almost AFC champions honestly I wasn't sold on Baltimore I truly wasn't sold on Baltimore at the beginning of the year I know that they have great pieces there right I understand that they had Mark Ingram they have Lamar Jackson um they have that other, what's that tight end? Mark Andrews, that's his name. Um, I couldn't think of his name. But they have, like, good guys, Mar- uh, Marquise Brown. Uh, they've got a couple of good good guys on defense, Earl Thomas. So, you know, they, they kind of had, like, this team that was formulated, and I thought it was good. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I'm not really sold on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Like, I just, I wasn't really sold on it. And they proved me wrong, to say the least, except until they didn't prove me wrong. Because at some point, the shtick of what Lamar Jackson is as a quarterback back ends up catching up with you and the Chiefs were able to exploit that and actually win the AFC championship and then go on and win the Super Bowl now that's not to say that the Ravens aren't a good football team they are a good football team right they finished 14 and 2 although they lost the AFC championship they were still first in rushing yards and points per game they could potentially land Stefan Dix that's an interesting thought right there and a lot of people don't a lot of Minnesota fans don't want to talk about it because they don't want the idea of Stefan Diggs leaving but they need to understand that Minnesota needs to create cap space that's like like sole purpose number one right now for Minnesota is to create cap space so they can sign more people because really they need to sign offensive linemen so they need to create cap space and letting go of Stefan Diggs might be part of that um so, you know, the Ravens are in talks for, you know, that kind of deal. But more importantly, um, next year they'll have a fully healthy Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson will kind of come back into his own and probably pick up where he left off. Now, the only thing about Lamar Jackson that I'm going to point out is that, one, no, I don't like his style of quarterbacking. And I've said that a thousand times. I don't like that style of quarterbacking. 
it does seem like it's the style now. And I get that. And I kind of have to get used to it, right? But at the same time, I like what I like, just like you guys like what you like. It it gets old, right? And it gets to the point to where people are able to scheme for it really easily. And if you make him throw to beat you and you take his legs out of the question, I just don't think he's the same quarterback. I don't believe that he's the same guy that can get those guys back to the AFC championship. And the more we talk about the AFC, because we're going to stick with the AFC, we'll move on to the AFC South next week. But the more that we start talking about other teams that are in the AFC, you'll start to realize that there's other people that are kind of like rising contenders that can do really well against this particular style of play. Yes, he won his MVP trophy, and I applaud him for that. And I do think that he did a great job through the season with what he can do. The only thing that I'm saying is that I don't think that this kind of style lasts for very long, especially with him. Patrick Mahomes is another another quarterback that likes to move a lot with his feet, right? He likes to get out of the pocket. He likes to run and stuff like that. But he's so much more intelligent with it than I think Lamar Jackson is. Lamar risks his body like a lot. Like he actually puts his body on the line a lot. And it seems like he's more content with taking the ball right from the snap and running than he is actually going through progressions and making reads downfield. Now, that's why they started giving him speedster guys. That's why they started giving him faster guys that can get down the field quicker so they can get through their routes faster. So he can just throw the ball in like a pinpoint kind of thing, knowing that he's throwing to a spot. He's not necessarily reading through progressions or anything like that. He's just throwing to a spot. So that kind of stuff is where, you know, the the quarter, the elite quarterbacks get separated from the guys that are just kind of like good at throwing the ball, you know? Another guy that I can liken Lamar Jackson to, except Lamar Jackson is much better. Don't get me wrong. Lamar Jackson is light years better than this guy. But he reminds me a lot of like what Marcus Mariota's uh, shtick was. Like Marcus was this kid that came out of Oregon super fast. Everybody was super hype on him. And I was like, oh, I can play quarterback too. But when he got out there, he looked more like a running back quarterback than an actual quarterback. He didn't read through progressions. He threw timed routes. He threw spot routes. He didn't do anything like reading defenses and understanding like the way that the the way that defenses shifts and stuff like that. And he lasted for about five or six years, and then he got replaced with Ryan Tan- Ryan Tannehill, who is not a running quarterback. He is a stand in the pocket, read through his progressions, and 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 make it uh, make a throw kind of quarterback. So it's the intelligence kind of always wins out than the just sheer athletic ability. And that's what Lamar Jackson has. He has this sheer athletic ability, but I don't necessarily know if I buy, if I can buy into what he does as a quarterback. Um, But that is it for me this week, guys. It's a short episode. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But at the same time, next week, I hope that I'll have my brother here. So it might last a little bit longer. We're going to do the AFC South, hopefully, fingers crossed. But remember, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at allgoodpointspodcast. Follow me on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Uh, Read the articles that I write for NUP Solutions. Uh, Read the articles that I write for Fansided. I'm doing a lot more writing now, so the, the the plate's getting kind of full at this point, but I really wanted to get into these year-end reviews, and I can't wait to do another one for you next week. Um, sorry, that took a little... I just started talking really fast, and that's what happens when I talk really fast. But anyways... Um, Yes, follow me on all those social media platforms. You can actually see me stream on Twitch as well if you guys want to come in and have a conversation every once in a while. It's uh, Ricky's Arcade. Just go to twitch.com slash Ricky's Arcade, and we can talk football, we can talk basketball, we can talk soccer, we can talk anything. Uh, But 
Thank you so much for listening. I want to say thank you a thousand times for listening and allowing me the opportunity to talk to you guys, and I will see you next week. Oh.